Before we get started, I would like to send my warmest and most heartfelt thanks to our newest Patreon supporter, Gerald Fleming. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Gerald. Your support is most appreciated. If you would like your name read out in our next episode, or if you'd like to be part of our fabulous draw in which we will give away an official LFC shirt every month, please head over to patreon.com forward slash podcast and sponsorship for us uh, via Patreon starts at just $1 per month. Even poets can afford it. Okay, so like a Harry Wilson free kick, we're just going to sail right into the top corner of this episode. Welcome, you heavenly little souffle au chocolat, to Cop On, episode 9. We've reviewed two Chelsea games for you, you dear little love crumpets, and I was delighted to do so with Liverpool fan Nieka Camorazi, Chelsea fan Stephen Coltman, and the former chairman of the official Liverpool Supporters Club France, and he's still very active in the group, Anthony Ventry. I started by asking Ant to tell us all about LiverpoolFrance.com and the Supporters Club in general. Here he is. Well then, the Liverpool Supporters Club in France is called Liverpool France, and it's the only official Liverpool Supporters Club in France. Uh, It's not the only Premier League club supporters club. There's Manchester United, there's Chelsea, Tottenham, and Manchester City as well. But it is the biggest one. We have, since we've been going, well, we were formed in 2002, by an Englishman called George, a fervent Liverpool fan from Corby in Northampton. Uh, In 2003, we became an official supporters club with Liverpool, which was great news for us, because at the time you needed 25 members to be an official supporters club. At that time, there was about 45 members. And we've grown and grown ever since. Obviously, Istanbul was a big factor in the growth of the French branch. We've had a lot of interest from that. And obviously the internet as well, which was great, because we started with a a forum, which developed into a website, and the forum is now uh, over 2,000 people. And the supporters club this uh, season is actually 651 members all over France, and in some uh, French-speaking countries as Belgium, Switzerland, and in North Africa as well. So it's, it's going great guns. I was president for eight years. I just do the the tickets and the trips to Anfield and in Europe at the moment, which takes up a lot of time. It's basically uh, a part-time job, asking to, for tickets and sorting out everything for everybody who wants to go to Anfield and wants to go to abroad, abroad watching Liverpool as well. So we try and help uh, as much as we can on that level. And obviously we have our own football teams, which uh, are run by Johan, who runs the, the two football teams we have. We have a, a licensed football team with the Fédération Française de Football. They play every Monday night, and we have a, a weekend team, which uh, sometimes plays against uh, other supporters' clubs like Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne, uh, Lille and Monaco, who are based in Paris as well. And we run the, the Cop Cup, which is our annual football tournament. We've been doing that for over 11 years now. And that is like a mini Champions League tournament. So we, we invite all the supporters clubs all over France 
of European teams like Juventus, Celtic, Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea have been a few times as well, Dortmund, Bayern Munich, and that's a great tournament and there's usually about 300 people who turn up for that when we do that at the end of the season, which is in uh, the beginning of July. So uh, that's basically it for the French branch and hopefully it will continue to grow and grow and we uh, hope to get as many people to Anfield as possible without being ripped off by ticket outs, which is a, a great satisfaction for us to, to be able to help those type of people. Because paying €400 Euros to go and watch Liverpool at Anfield is a lot of money. <laughs> and if you don't get your ticket at the end of the day, uh, you do see a lot of people crying outside Anfield, but that's the way it goes, and we're here to help as much as possible. And obviously, we've been at the Lush Bar for the last uh, four years now, after spending over 10 years at uh, the Rush Bar, which was the other bar owned by Ken in Paris. So hopefully we will keep the noise down on the, on the European nights and we won't have any problems from the, the neighbours. And we'll keep that going as much as possible as well. Yeah, I mean it does get it does get rather rather raucous sometimes there, but it's uh, it's absolutely it's, it's loads of fun. So if anyone uh, listening does come to Paris or is in Paris already, you don't know about it, then uh, yeah, the Lush Bar by Cl- Plastic Clichy is where everybody meets, and it's uh, it, we were we were all there yesterday, and it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, all right, um, I want to jump in and talk about the the our, our last two matches uh, against Chelsea um the first one being the Carabao Cup um I find that when I search deep inside my feelings um I couldn't give a monkey's turd about going out of the Carabao Cup I'm sorry in fact and this goes a little bit further I'm actually quite happy that we don't have the distraction I'll go to you Nieka on this one do you agree with me do you disagree how many monkey's turds do you give I totally agree with them. I don't give any monkey's turds at all for the Carabao Cup. I didn't even watch the match. Um, I feel that our team at the moment should just focus on the two key things, which is for me the league and the um, Champions League. Uh, I was obviously a little upset when we, well, when we lost, but to tell you the truth, no problems. Didn't even think about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. Would you? And, and you, Ant, do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm disappointed that we're out of the cup because it was a real chance to go as far as possible and get to Wembley, which is always a great thing to do. Great uh, weekend out down in London and Anfield South would have been nice for for the members and myself. Been a few times, so it would have been nice to go again. Uh, but the concentration, the priority has to be the league this year. Uh, if you know, if we did well in the Champions League last year. We did well in the league, but we were miles behind City. So I think the priority this year is the league, and we've got a good chance with the re- with the recruitment we've done. So uh, yeah, Carabao Cup. It's nice if you can get the and win it, but if you're going to get knocked out, you might as well get knocked out early, and you don't have to concentrate on it. But I would, yeah. I mean, I yeah, um, good. Yeah, I mean, I totally. I have nothing to nothing to say uh, uh, um, about that, really. Yeah, I totally agree with you both. So, Steve. 
does uh, for as a Chelsea fan, does staying in the Carabao Cup provide you with a great opportunity for silverware, for a trip to Wembley, or is it just an annoying distraction like a mosquito buzzing past your ear just as you're about to fall asleep? Well, Owen, thank you, thank you very much for bringing this uh, this topic on the table. So I've followed your rules and I've been silent. I've put myself on mute, and um, uh, it's a good answer from Ant. And I have to say. Uh, you uh, and Aika gave me a smile here because actually if you read the Times, there's an article in the Times just before the game on Tuesday that they clearly say you will see whoever wins this game is really interested in the cup and whoever gets kicked out will say, ah, oh, well, we don't care anyway. We want to focus on the league and everything else. So uh, now I was actually at the Rush Bar um, for the Chelsea win over Liverpool of 2-1 with a fantastic Eden Hazard goal. Uh, in all honesty, what I will say is, uh, first of all, the lush bar was fantastic. The ambiance was fantastic. And it was really a good night. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but what I would say, in all fairness, is that um, Chelsea and Liverpool played their B teams. And uh, the only conclusion that we could get out of that game is to say, right, well, both teams <laughs> need their A players um, however, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the game was good. And I think Chelsea this season needs it a lot more than Liverpool does because we've got, and it's no disrespect to uh, Liverpool at all, but we've got um, a very strong bench. And our problem is that we are not giving enough playing time to those players. So, yes, Chelsea does need the Carabao Cup. Uh, because you need to play. I mean, if you look at the B team of Chelsea, you have some big names there, so they they need it. They absolutely need it. So no, I am very very happy we won. Thank you very much for that question. That's okay. That's all right. Um, all right. Uh, so going. I mean, moving on to yesterday. I mean, I could I could talk for hours just on that. But um, anyway, anyway. Okay. Let's go to yesterday. Happier times for us Liverpool fans. One one. Um, how did you feel at the final whistle, Nyeka? Um, Relief. Um, I was next to a good friend of mine who is a big Sturridge fan. And were, he, was, he was telling me just before Sturridge got the equaliser that he, should, he would score and he most probably should have come on earlier. Um, final whistle, I think it was, it was a mixture of relief and also a little bit, maybe we could have won it. Because we did have a number of half chances. And didn't put them away. Well, yeah, indeed. And uh, and how do, how did you feel, Ant? Well, at the end of the final whistle, I was drained. <laughs> I'd given everything during the, during the game, <laughs> as Steve did. Obviously, I, I was quite close to Steve, and he'd given a lot uh, during the game. The, as he said, the atmosphere was unbelievable. I think it was about seventy people in the lush bar, and Steve was the only one uh, who was shouting in the blue corner. So, uh, hats off to him for for his efforts. But uh, I was physically drained, and as uh, Nikia said, uh, as soon as uh, I saw Sturridge was going to come on, I knew he was going to score, because he, Klopp's kept him on a leash, and he's just said to him, look, lad, get on and score. And I, I think he did the job. He was cracking goal. I've seen the replays, and there was no way that keeper was getting it. You know, I don't think any keeper would have got it, to be honest with you. He looked up, Johnny Wilkinson style, picked his spots, excellent goal. I don't think we'll see a better goal from Sturridge this season. And uh, 
as Nika said, I think we could have won it if, if, we'd, if there had been an extra five minutes. I think the momentum was with us, and we could have we could have ground something out of that game. We had the better chances. Obviously, Allison saved us a couple of times, but uh, I'm totally satisfied with the, the team effort. And uh, you have to remember, last season we lost that game, so it's it's one point gained rather than two points lost. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a yeah, that's a good way of thinking of it. And uh, and what about you, Steve? <laughs> well, there are a lot of points that I agree with. So, uh, first of all, uh, uh, yeah, it's not far from that. Yeah, drain. I think is the right word. And you hit the nail on the head. And especially with that heat, uh, I really wish I showed up in shorts actually, because uh, I was just sweating after three minutes. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I drained absolutely. I think it was uh, one of the classics. God knows, we all know there are a lot of Chelsea Liverpool classics. Uh, it was a, one of the classics, uh, Chelsea Liverpool. Um, I was obviously gutted to see Sturridge score. I mean, I'm not going to hide that for one second. Um, I think that is probably one of the best goals we will see this season. I watched it again, and it's. We often use the term inch perfect, but that shot is literally inch perfect. You see Kepa's hand and the, the bar. I mean, I think he hits it two, three inches lower or higher, and it's not going in, literally. So it's a, a fantastic goal, and uh, there is no luck in it because you actually see uh, Danny Sturridge look up. And then he takes the shot, so he knows exactly what he's doing. So it is a, a fantastic goal. Now, I'm not saying that to defend ourselves, but I also think that uh, Hazard's goal was uh, absolutely fantastic because uh, I genuinely believe you guys have got uh, the best keeper in the league this season. And uh, again, uh, what I want to say is that game, uh, those two goals were both... Uh, well, Hazard wasn't as inch perfect as Sturridge, let's be honest about that, but it was a good goal. In what you guys are saying, they're playing 10 minutes more, you wouldn't have won it now. God knows I can't agree with that. If you, uh, I will invite you to re-look at the, the game the last 10 minutes. If you see Chelsea attacking, I think we've got three corners at that point. We're in your half. Uh, what I think happened from our side... Um, and you can tell me what you guys think. Um, obviously, Sarri came in with a different plan. And what I saw with Sarri is that what he likes to do is calm down the beginning of the second half and then accelerate in the last 15 minutes. And if you're playing against a Bournemouth or whoever, um, or a weaker team, that works because they're tired. Uh, they've played their best players, and uh, you, might, you can see if you look at the Chelsea scores, we often score two, three goals in the last 10 minutes this season. But I think Liverpool played exceptionally well. I mean, I think you really, really played well, and we were not able to do that. We could not get out of our own half until we scored that goal. So I'll pull my hats off to you guys. I mean, that was a very good Liverpool team. Well, yeah. Thank you for your for your generosity. Um, let's uh, let's look at the lineups. Chelsea started with uh, with uh, Aritha Balaga. We'll call him Kepper, the keeper. Um, then you've got uh, you know you had Alonso, David Luiz, Rudiger, and Aspilicueta, Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante in midfield, and and your forwards obviously Azar, Giroud, and William. Um, 
there were no particular surprises there, right, Stephen? That was the team that everybody expected, more or less? That is a strongest Chelsea team, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, you, cannot have a, not, you cannot have a stronger Chelsea team than that one today. OK. And uh, in, in, in the Liverpool lineup, we had um, Alisson in goal, Robertson, Gomez, Van Dijk and uh, Trent in defence. In midfield, Milner, Henderson, Vijnaldum and then uh, Manny Firmino, Salah, of course. Um, and would you... I slightly changed this question to the one I sent you, sorry. But would you have changed anything? For me, the only sort of interesting point of debate about our lineup was the midfield, I would say. Um, would you have changed anything in midfield? Uh, not really. I agree with you. The only, the only thing that I would have changed in midfield would have been more either start with Shakiri without Milner, because I think Milner's played a lot of games, or he could have put Cater in. For Henderson, maybe. But moving on from the Wednesday's game, that was obviously the, the line-up that Klopp would have gone for, uh, especially with Van Dijk being fit, past fit, fit after the, the knock he got against Southampton, which was all good news for us because he totally dominated Chelsea in the, in the league game. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I would have changed much. It would have been in midfield if I had off, and I would have probably put on Shaqiri, for Milner because I think Milner's done a done a great job for the moment and he's, he's put a he's put a good shift in for someone of his age. Yes, he's been awesome, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been brilliant. What about you, Nieka? Would you have changed anything in our in our team or in our midfield? I tell you the truth, I don't know much about the Chelsea team, but from what you all say, it seems that Chelsea that's Chelsea's strongest team. I think uh, Steve, you just mentioned that's your strongest team, and it seemed quite often in the match that. You covered and controlled the midfielder perhaps a bit better than we did. And we, especially in the first half, I found that we didn't have much creative talent in the midfield. So for me, perhaps, looking back, maybe we should have had Cater in there instead of Henderson. Because I know he came on later when everyone was tired and more tired. But there's this thing with Cater where he's just excellent at picking the ball, putting in the little balls, keep running. And I think... There was something missing there, but it's easy to say now um, once we look back at the game. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one thing that you could say in retrospect, absolutely, with, with some justification. Um, key match stats, Chelsea had uh, either 45 to 47% possession. It depends which stats site you look at, which is quite interesting. Uh, Liverpool had either 53 or 55% then. Chelsea had 10 shots in total, 6 off target, 4 on target. Liverpool had 13, 9 off target and also 4 on target. Um, we won the fouls. I love that. We had 9 fouls and Chelsea had 7. Um that's in conceded. Um, corners for each. Uh, and in expected goals, Chelsea was 1.8 and Liverpool 1.5. Nyeka, um, does anything stand out about those stats for you? Not really. I think the main thing for me was the corners. I, I, I don't remember us having four corners, but for years now, I've not been impressed with how we take the fact that we don't look to score very often off corners. I know we scored one the other day with Matip, I think, last weekend. Other than that, we never seem to look to score. Um, other than that, no, no big surprises there from the stats. OK, and what about you, Ant? Well, touching on the corners, we took a short corner, which I don't like. For me, it's a waste of time. You might as well just get it in the box, especially having people like uh, Van Dijk in there. He's a big lad. 
and Wijeldon's quite good with his head as well, so it would have been nice to have seen that one fly into the box. And uh, corners, what corner-wise, as Steve mentioned, uh, I think they had, Chelsea had three of their corners in the last five, ten minutes of the game. So it just goes to show that they were pushing up as well for, to try and win the game. Uh, the other starts, I thought it was 50-50 as far as ball possession goes. Uh, I think we had two yellow cards as well. don't think they had any. So that might come back and hurt us later on in the season if Milner gets, gets a few more. So hopefully he'll keep himself tidy in the next couple of games, especially with the big games coming up against City. So, yeah, seems seems okay. The the only stat that's a bit worrying is we only got, got one goal <laughs> yeah. out of all those efforts. So, that's yeah. a good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, Stephen, I've got a stat for you here. Um, unfortunately, you might not like it, though. Chelsea have won only two of their past nine home Premier League games against Liverpool. You've won two, drawn three and lost four. What the heck's going on there? Oh, oh we need to give you good boys a chance. I mean, otherwise you're not going to win anything, right? <laughs> so uh, we need to do something. But uh, I'm going to come back to your earlier stats, because, um, which I'm sure are very well done in getting those stats, by the way. Um, there's one thing uh, that really stood out for me, and um, I think it's Sari's way of playing that is forcing this. And I'm interested in uh, Anton Maker's point of view on this. Um, and I'll summarize it by Salah's shot that went, I think, like 7, 10, 15, 20 yards outside of the box. Now, Salah doesn't do that normally. Salah, I don't remember, personally, I don't remember him having such a bad shot as that one. Um, but it happened, and uh, there are a lot of times Liverpool where you just, I mean you just seem incapable of hitting the target, and I, I think that that is due to the fact that because those players are good. Let's be clear about that; those are good players. They don't miss the target, and I think it's due to the fact that Sarri and Klopp like a very very fast game. So what both coaches are forcing is that even if you get the uh, the ball in a good position, you need to make your mind up in milliseconds. And either you take that shot or you don't take that shot. And surprisingly, that seems to work for Chelsea. The reason why I bring it up is that I've seen it against Arsenal where I thought, I can't believe this. There are three, four chances Arsenal had. They should have scored. And now here you go. I see the same, uh, exactly the same against Liverpool. And I really rate Salah highly. I really, uh, I mean, all your strikers are really, really good. And uh, they don't miss like that. Uh, Shakiri is another one. Uh, you just don't miss by that much. And I think the reason why they did miss like that is because the game was just so fast. I don't know what you guys think. I'm very interested in your own opinion on this point. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a very, very good, um, it's a very good point. I mean, I think, when 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 teams have a lot of shots but they but they don't score i mean there's there are, there are lots of different different uh, explanations that could be for it but i like the one the fact that you've got um you've got a really good keeper <laughs> uh, and a really tall keeper and i think there's something psychological about you know like uh, people have said on other podcasts they've been talking about you know, it's the same ef- effect that Allison has. Is that once you've got a really good keeper, it gets in the mind of the the strikers or the people taking the shots that they think, oh, I've got to put it in the corner, 
or else he'll save it. You know, I think maybe there's an element of doubt that comes into it because you've got such a good keeper. I think, um, with regards to Salah, I think he's just bloody knackered, the poor bloke. I think he's done so much for the World Cup. He was hit incredible heights last season that this season he's just not, he's not exactly the same. I don't expect him to be exactly the same and as magnificent as he was last season. But this season, you just see him. Uh, Steve, you did mention that shot where it just went sort of, I don't know, 70 metres the wrong way. Or, um, I just think he's knackered and he, he should come around. Um, I hadn't thought of the idea about the big keeper and a strong keeper being perhaps psychologically putting off the striker. I like that idea. Salad, the shot he did take and stick in the, that, it, that flew to the moon, he mm. took it with his left peg, which is his best, best foot. So uh, I think it's just uh, an off shot that he, as Nika said, he he will come good. I don't I don't think he's tired. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't. They're all professional athletes, you know. They're all on top yeah. form. They get looked after well. Uh, is it uh, what is it? What's Cobham at Cobham training ground for Chelsea and at, Wem- at Melwood for for Liverpool? They get looked after well. So I don't think that's at the start of the season that shouldn't be a problem. I think he was just. Uh, just a missed shot from Salah. Hopefully the next one will go in. Uh, but Shakiri should have scored, really. He's been given a chance there to, to come on and, and score by Klopp. And he, Robinson got a cracking ball in. The, the goalkeeper would have been beat if he'd have touched it. If he'd, if he'd have hit it straight at him or to the left or the right, I think it would have gone in anyway. He just had to put a foot on it, which he, which he couldn't do. Is that down to his size or is that down to the, the cross from Robinson not being put on a plate for him? I don't know. I don't think the goalkeeper put him off, even though he's a big lad. Uh, Allison, obviously being a big lad for the two one-on-ones, did the business for us. So that that's a good point as well to mention the fact that the goalkeeper, especially being in that bright pink colour, I think that'd put anybody <laughs> off. Uh, that was that was a shock not seeing him in yellow. To be honest with you, <laughs> I have to say, and I think that colour suits Liverpool so well. I think you should all change your strips to the pink. That is the way like I see Liverpool. Pink boots. <laughs> I loved it. I love that pink. I think. I mean, it should be called. It's like a a radioactive pink wafer, isn't it? It's, I loved that colour because I liked it. You know, when when uh, Schmeichel used to have all this, you know, colourful garb uh, for Man United, and and it used to. I think that used to put people off uh, when they're close to goal and they have a millisecond to react, and you've got this kind of optical illusion in front of you. I think that might have had a. Had something to do with uh, with Willian. I mean, he seemed a bit, you know, going into the match itself. I mean, he had the first chance. He was he was one on one with the keeper with Allison after a beautiful artistic long pass from David Luiz. Um, and I think, yeah, these colours they could put the strikers off as well. Um, but anyway, Stephen, I wanted to ask you about Willian. Um, uh, because he had that first chance when he was one on one at that moment, did, did, were you confident he would score? Yes, I think. Uh, I mean, William has scored uh, fantastic goals. Uh, William is a Chelsea hero because um, when things were going really, really wrong for us, uh, when Mourinho uh, left us for the second time. Uh, he was one of the players, if not the one of the players, that pulled his socks up and just got on with the job. And so uh, there's always a space for William. Uh, William and 
No, he scored fantastic goals for Chelsea uh, through the years. Um, I think you you both, uh, or you guys made good points, is one, you've got your uh, interesting choice of goalkeeper shirt that might have had an effect. Um, I think Alisson is, uh, at the moment, the best keeper in the league. So um, he just did a very good. He just made a very very good save. I think William did everything right. The only criticism I would have for him is uh, he might have been better passing it to Giroud at that moment. But you know, I can't have a go at the kid. Things go so fast, and Giroud was behind the defender. So, but uh, that was the only criticism. Maybe he could have passed it to Giroud. But no, I think he's good. He's good. Great. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, I mean, that was the first big chance of the match. Uh, the second big chance in the match was actually Chelsea's goal. Um, Trent followed Azard into the into Chelsea's half, and Azard played the ball to Kovacic, and then there was a quick one-two with between Kovacic and Jorginho. Then Kovacic played a a great through ball to Hazard, who by that time had left Trent in his wake, like Roman Abramovich leaves his enemies after throwing them overboard from his super yacht. Um, and is there anything we could have done to stop that goal? Was that our fault or was that just class from Chelsea? To be honest with you, I think Alisson should have saved it. I think if you're paying 68 million quid for a goalkeeper, he's got to save them. As Steve said, it wasn't a, a you know, it wasn't a shot like Sturridge's. It wasn't pinpoint and stuck in the top corner. He had the he had the pace, obviously, because he's you know running onto the ball. And I think Alisson had time to adjust himself. Got a finger to it, which shows he was he was on the ball. But I want a sixty-eight million pound goalkeeper to save those shots and all parry it away, and you know hopefully a Liverpool player gets it. So I think I think he could have done better, but good shot from Hazard took it well, and he was obviously had the pace, so he took it past Allison. Can't say too much really about it. The fact that, that it went in, so it made it one nil for them, and it was we were chasing the game after that. As they were on on Wednesday, I was hoping we could have done the same thing they did, got get two goals. But in the end, we only got the one. So I'll move on from there and see what he can do in the Champions League uh, against Napoli, and see what he can do against City on on Sunday. Mm, yeah. What about what about you, Nieka? Would you would you agree with that assessment? Totally, hundred percent. I did have a feeling because I saw the the goal again this morning, and I was thinking, bloody hell, he he actually did get a finger to it. And yeah, for sixty eight million, well. I, don't, I can never understand the money these days spent on players, but it seems as if he could have got to the ball. Really, really could have. Um, saying that, the two saves he made, I think there was one in the second half when he was one-on-one with Azad. That was excellent. That reminds me of Schmeichel. Maybe it was the pink kit, but yeah. I, I don't necessarily agree with, um, is it Steve, necessary that he is the best keeper in the Premier League? Because we're only, what, game seven, game eight in the, in the championship so far. But he does look so sturdy, and it's so good to see such a reassuring keeper. Um, for the goal to yesterday, meh, I, I think he could have got to it, but then he did make amends with the other one. So I'd just, um, like, just like to say a little, little point on that. I was sceptical when we bought him, especially for that amount of money, because it's not really the type of money that, you know, we spent £75 million on Van Dijk, and he's been well worth it. 68 million on the goalkeeper, breaking the world record, and then Chelsea buying their fella and breaking the record again. Just goes to show that, you know, good keepers don't come cheap. 
Um, I was sceptical because we put seven goals past him when he played for Roma. Yeah. I was in Rome when we played up there. Great atmosphere over there. and We, we stuck two past him. Uh, we stuck five past him at Anfield and they were lucky to get a couple of goals after that. So I was a bit sceptical, but you know we put seven past Edison as well last season. So And he's supposed to be the second best goalkeeper in Brazil. So, yeah, we got the best goalkeeper in Brazil. And let's see, like Nicky says, we're only seven games into the season. Let's see what he can do. He's obviously got a bit of adjusting to do and from the, from the Italian game. But we've all seen what Salah did in his first season back in England. So let's see what Alisson can do. Absolutely, yeah. So, but maybe he could have. Maybe you're right, and he could have done something a bit better for for the Chelsea goal. Because if you if you look at it again, he's he's actually still just got this sort of uh, jump up to set himself. He's still setting himself as Azard hits it. And had he actually been ready when Azard hit it, I'm sure he could have. Uh, done better to save it but anyway that's just a Liverpool point of view Stephen from the Chelsea point of view this stat is from the BBC Azard is the Premier League's top scorer this season with six goals and he has scored those from just nine shots on target which I think is just incredible um, uh, he scored uh, just 12 goals and all and all of last season in the Premier League, but he's now playing with such self-control and precision he's like the Dalai Lama playing operation um, wax lyrical, Stephen, about Azar. Tell us about him and his current form. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for that question, Owen. I, I think that what you see is that it's like the Drogba at Chelsea. I think you'll see the same history with uh, Eden Hazard. What do I mean by that? So Didier Drogba, you'll remember Didier Drogba, he came along, he wasn't happy to leave Marseille, and he spent three years at Chelsea where he was kind of okay, and he was kind of scoring goals, but nothing fantastic. And then it just happened where he became uh, a Chelsea legend. I think the same is happening with Hazard, where he has been under Mourinho, he has been under Conte, he has been under different coaches, and that he does the job, but it doesn't suit him, or it did not suit his style of football. And also, he he needs freedom. Uh, he needs freedom, and once he's got freedom, he does a lot with it. Sarri was very clear. He arrived at Chelsea. I think he had uh, five days to deal with the transfers, something ridiculous like that. And he said very clearly that he wanted Hazard to stay. And Hazard is by far the most important uh, player in the Chelsea lineup. He is allowed total freedom. And he likes the the game that Sarri is proposing to Chelsea fits in perfectly, which is a fast game, one touch, one-twos, as you said, that's what he did with Kovacic, he just did a one-two and that one, that's what suits him so it is not surprising that he's scoring that much goals and I think and I hope, you never know in football these days, right? But I really hope that he stays until the end of his career at Chelsea and he can become a, a Chelsea legend and I believe I hope that he will do exactly that at one point, I'd like to come back. Now, um, uh, Ant, uh, you made on the keepers is, you said, well, 68 million is a lot of money. Let's see what the boy can do. And he might have, uh, he should have done better against that uh, goal from Hazard. No, Hazard, sorry. The, the two points there, I would say, is that you see Man City, uh, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, 
and probably a lot of other teams, Leicester being also one of them. But I say this is how important the keeper is. And I think that in modern football, the keeper has become that important, not only for stopping shots, but as we've been saying earlier on, is that it puts off strikers. And because you're not just going to try and hit the target, but you're going to try and put it in the top corner, it's going to change the way the, your opposition attacks you. So I, I think they are worth that amount of money uh, by the going rate today, which I think we can all agree is absolutely ridiculous. The, uh, I find you boys from Liverpool very, very hard on Alisson on that shot on Eden Hazard. Uh, let's be clear, every goal in football is always, it always comes from a mistake from somewhere. I could say, you know, we shouldn't have allowed Sturridge to take that shot. And I would have a point in saying that. If Sturridge was not allowed to take that shot, you guys wouldn't have scored the goal. But it's, uh, I think he's a good keeper. I think he's a very, very good keeper. I think we have to... Come on, you've got three big games. You've got us, you've got Man City, you've got Man United. It's not unfair that you're going to get a goal against you guys in those games. And that's just my other point I wanted to make. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. And um, I think the for a price tag, I think just quickly on the price tag of the keeper. I mean, I'm I'm sort of surprised. I think a keeper of the 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 class of 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 Allison, um, Kepa, or or you know these these kind of things, Manuel Neuer, De Gea, these these real top top class keeper. I think they should be worth as much as uh, as strikers because the 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 effect it's been really transformative for 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 our whole team to have to have a to have a really good keeper. You could see the confidence in our defenders, and you could see the fear almost in the opposition players. But anyway, I want to jump forward to the. To the to the Liverpool goal, though. Just let's just talk about that for a while because that would be fun for us Liverpool fans. Sorry, Stephen, but um, you know, cometh the hour or cometh five minutes to go, cometh the ice man. Daniel Sturridge came on with five minutes to go, and I have to admit, I was wondering why he didn't get at least ten minutes. But it turned out to be a masterstroke from our gaffer. Uh, so, and I've been trying to think of words to describe. Uh, Sturridge's goal. Would you choose A, a thunderous dinglewanger, B, an arcing wonder bastard, or C, an everlasting gobsmacker? Mm, it's a toughie. Uh, I think I'd have to go with B, an arcing uh -huh. wonder bastard. As Steve said earlier, there was maybe two or three inches in it. And it was he did look up and placed it well, and he arced over the goalkeeper and into the goal. So I'd have to go with uh, B, an arcing wonder bastard. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, Nyeka Sturridge is the seventh player to score 50 Premier League goals for Liverpool after Robbie Fowler, Steven Gerrard, Michael Owen, Luis Suarez, Fernando Torres and Dirk Count. How important is Sturridge and his fitness uh, for us this season, and also, was it A, B, or C for you? Definitely C, an everlasting gobsmack. I'm not sure, I didn't hear what Anthony had to say about it, but I just thought it was absolutely beautiful. I loved it going in. The way it went in, I think someone mentioned earlier, it was inch perfect. Absolutely, it was, it was a joy to watch. I think I've seen it about five or six times already today. Um, with regards to Studge and his fitness, 
I can't trust him to be fit for even the next game, if I'm really honest. And so I think the question's more, can we get more Liverpool players to score more goals and not rely on our front three? I think that's the key thing. If Studge is around, if he's fit, if he continues, it's excellent. But I can't believe in it. I think everybody has to contribute. Yeah, that's a very that's a very reasonable answer. Absolutely, um, Stephen, you want you wanted to come in on this? Yes, I was going to call it a thundering strike of luck, but that's just to annoy you, Red Boys. But nothing <laughs> <other than> that. <laughs> very good, um, excellent. So, um, who who was uh, everyone's uh, man of the match? Uh, and also, uh, just quickly, uh, was it a fair result? Uh, I'll start with you, Nyeka. Ooh, man of the match. Good question. Mm, that's a very good question. Not sure who my man of the match is, actually. Yeah. Uh, was it a fair result? Yes, it was. What about you, Ant? Your man of the match, and, and was it the right result? I was, I was a bit hard on Alisson for not getting the, the hazard uh, stop. But you'd have to say he was uh, a standout player because he did save those two one-on-ones, kept us in the game. I think all the other players, they did, their, they did a proper shift. I don't think... Any of the other players stood out, to be honest with you. For the time he was on the pitch, Sturridge did the business. So hat off to him for that and hat off to Jurgen Klopp for putting him on. So uh, my man of the match in a red, well, in a pink shirt will be Alisson. <laughs> in, a blue sh- in a blue shirt, you'd probably have to go with it with Hazard because he is a top player. He proved that on Wednesday night and he proved it again today, as did Sturridge. Sturridge scored a cracking goal on Wednesday night and scored a cracking goal again today, on Saturday. So two goals each for those lads. Um, yeah, I'm happy with Thank the you. results. Because like I said, last, last season we lost that game. So it's one point gained rather than two points lost. Because it could have been zero if Sturridge hadn't scored that goal. So I think, the, as Steve said, he is disappointed as a Chelsea fan I'd be disappointed but uh, to see their faces uh, in the shed end at the end of the game it was priceless <laughs> uh, well yes okay Stephen well, uh, yes you I mean you've already said it was a f- it was a fair result Stephen um, yes your man of the match on on both sides or for Chelsea and for Liverpool yeah I was, I was gonna make a nice comment before Ant made his comment about the shed end so you can forget that now uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, a man of the match, Evan Hazard, um, no question about it. Uh, for both teams, by the way, um, I think all the players played very well, but Evan Hazard was outstanding. And uh, on Tuesday night, incredible. The guy played 15, 20 minutes, and he was also a man of the match. So, yeah. Uh, was it a fair result? Yes. I mean, we said it, uh, and I think we said it at the beginning, or was it with Isaac, that we would take a draw at the start of the game. So, yes, I was absolutely gutted that you guys scored that late on. And I believe we could have stole the game, but we would have stole the game, I think. That was a fair result. Excellent. OK, and staying with you, Stephen, then the last questions for, for everybody. Staying with you, Stephen, the next match is you've got uh, Hungarian champions MOL Vidi who are also called Videoton, which is an amazing name, in the Europa League on Thursday. And then you go to Southampton in the Premier League uh, next Sunday um, at uh, 2.15 English time, 2.15 p.m. Two easy wins for you, Stephen? So, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think there are no easy wins for the Premier League. 
Uh, I really don't think that. I think that you'll see Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City will lose the points uh, on teams like Southampton, like Watford, um, you know, like Bournemouth, uh, Crystal Palace. So, no, I don't think there are any easy games in the Premier League, for sure, for any of us. Uh, the uh, the Europa Cup, like I said at the beginning, is we need it because we've got 23 very good players, and if we don't play them, we will lose them. It's that simple. So we need the Europa Cup, and we need the Carabao Cup. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. For Liverpool, then um, I'll go to you first, Nyeka. Um Liverpool visit Napoli on Wednesday, uh, eight o'clock UK time kickoff, and then. Next week, of course, Man City come to Anfield, uh, and that's 4.30 English time. Uh, what do you expect from those matches, Nika? It's a huge week for us. We're playing Napoli um, with Ancelotti, who I rate as a top, top manager. Um, I've watched, I think, one or two of their games this season. They play quite uh, attacking, fast-paced football, similar to how Sarri left them when he left Napoli last season. Um, Quite worried for the Napoli game, if I'm honest. Perhaps even more so than against PSG a couple of weeks ago. Um, hopefully we can, uh, you know, get a win. Even the score draw will be fine on that one. The big one against City, because we've done so well against them and we'll be at home, I think we should be able to do it. I think we should be able to beat them somewhere at 2 or 3-1. I like the optimism. Uh, do you share the optimism, Ant? Yeah, very much. Uh, Napoli... Hotbed football, they love it over there. It's a religion for them. I was there in 2010 when we drew nil-nil in the Europa League. So I know what Thursday night football's like for Steve as well. He's going to get that on Thursday. I'll be there again on Wednesday. There's 20, 21 of us going over to, to Italy for that game. So hopefully it'll be a good game. But as Nicky said, I'd take a I'd take an away draw, especially with the uh, the champions coming to Anfield on Sunday. You've got to win all your home games. If you want to be champion, you've got to win all your home games. If it's City, if it's Southampton, Stoke, or whoever comes to Anfield, you've got to win your home games. So, yeah, I'm confident we can do City. 1-0, I'd take that. It's three points on the table. We keep the pressure on. I'd, I'd, go, for a, I'd, I'd go for a home win against City. There'll be 30, 33 members over there at Anfield for that game. I'll be in the Lush Bar. Hopefully it'll be another... Crowded uh, team, crowded events, and we'd like to create the atmosphere that we'll see at Anfield, as we can in Paris. We're away, we're far from Anfield, but it's always in our hearts. Well, yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed always in our hearts. Thank you so much to Ant Ventry there from LiverpoolFrance.com if you want to check it out. Uh, thank you also so much to Chelsea fan Stephen Coltman and Liverpool fan Nieka Kamarazi for joining me. That's about all we've got time for for this episode. We'll be back after the Man City game because, good Lord, I'm busier than a bastard bee. And thank you so much for listening. You are the key to making this all happen. Uh, really appreciate the listeners, all of you, wherever you may be. Send us an email. Uh, some hate mail, some ransom notes, some malware disguised in an attachment, if you like, to coponpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter as well, 
at Copon Podcast. Have a lovely day, evening, night, wherever, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much, sisters and brothers. Liverpool remain unbeaten in their opening seven matches of a Premier League season for the first time since 2008-2009. We finished second that season to Manchester United. And now we trail Manchester City on goal difference, second. But I tell you what feels different this year is that this year, at the wheel of the Liverpool Combine Harvester, we've got a madman who's hungry, hungry to cut down everything in its path. That's Kloppo. So we'll see you next week, Man City, at Anfield, and best of luck with that.